Thanks for listening to Marketing B2B Tech, the podcast from Napier where you can find out what really works in B2B marketing today. Welcome to Marketing B2B Technology, the podcast from Napier. Today, I'm joined by Shannon Martin. Shannon is the Director of Communications for Podbean. Welcome to the podcast, Shannon. Thank you. Glad to be here today. It's great to have you on. And it's really interesting to have someone um, who actually works for a company that helps make podcasts easier to do. And actually, one of the things I can tell people listening to the podcast is the reason you're able to download it is because we're actually a Podbean customer. So I'm a huge fan of the product. (laughs) Thank you for being Um, a customer. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, to, to start off with, though, why don't you give us a little bit of background about your career and how you ended up helping people do podcasts? Yeah, I actually come from a sort of a marketing communications background and did that. I, I had a totally different sort of specialty originally, as many people's careers take these winding paths, but I was a huge podcast fan. So I sort of came across this opportunity at Podbean, not really looking to necessarily get into podcasting, but I really loved podcasts as a fan. So it was kind of a perfect way to take the skills, but also put it to use in an industry that I I, I had been listening to podcasts since pretty much the start of podcasting. So it was really exciting for me. That's awesome. I think a lot of people listening, obviously like listening to podcasts, but maybe are thinking about launching their own and haven't ever recorded or published a podcast. So, I mean, do you want to explain how do people create and publish a podcast? How complicated is it? It can be relatively simple. And I think, you know, obviously the things that you need to do are, I mean, first of all, know why you're doing it and what you're going to be talking about and what kind of format you're going to have. There's a lot of that kind of planning. But as far as the actual recording and getting it out there, you have to record somehow. And there are lots of tools for that. Everything from the Podbean app has a recorder on it that's a free tool to uh, a lot of uh, podcast specialist recording tools, uh, you know, to people repurpose other other things. So you have to obviously get an audio recording or, or an audio and video. And then in order to get it out, all those places that we might listen to a podcast, you need a podcast host, which is what Podbean is. There's also ways that you can do that on your own if you're good with programming and, and a lot of things like that. Um, but but I would say 99% of podcasts out there choose to use a podcast hosting company to do that. And it provides a feed, which then goes out to all of those places because we all listen to podcasts different places. So uh, Podbean actually is also a listening destination. We have an app, but we make sure that the podcast gets distributed out to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and any of those apps where people might listen. So you kind of basically have to record, know why, why you're recording what you plan to do, get it set up on a podcast hosting company and get it distributed out and then determine what your ongoing plan is with a series or a schedule from there. And um, obviously, depending on the type of podcast, there may be tasks like booking guests or coordinating other things, but it, you know, it's, some are scripted, so then they have to write a script. So it just kind of varies on the type of podcast. That's really interesting. I I think there's a lot of really good information there about planning the podcast, and probably that's something for another show. In terms of the technology, you also talked a lot um, about different things there. And 
you explained that Podbean is is a podcast host. I mean, I think most people will be familiar with the recording tools need to record the podcast. But am I right? You can't actually just upload a podcast to Apple Podcasts and it's magically there. Is that correct? Yes, you don't upload directly to the places where people listen. So you need a host or, again, there's ways you can do it kind of through your own website and through different tools, but then you really have to know programming and bandwidth and a lot of different factors. So companies like Podbean uh, and some of our friendly competitors, you know, that that's kind of what our goal is. And then a lot of us that do podcast hosting, there's a lot of ancillary tools that go along with that to do everything from potentially recording that might be built in to getting a little more sophisticated with what's out there for the podcasting, some automated marketing, monetization. So a lot of us do more than just have that hosting component, but that's really something that people before they get into podcasting don't understand. They think that they do upload directly to those directories. And thank goodness you don't because there are a lot of those. <laughs> so just uploading to one place, uh, there's a little setup up front, but the nice thing is you then just upload to Podbean and it, the feed gets it out. Uh, so you're not having to go and determine, do I wanna be on Apple or Spotify or this one or that and put that work in every time I do an episode. So that's really important. So what you're doing as a podcast host, as well as storing the podcast file that people download, you're actually telling all these different places people go to listen that there's a new episode. Is that really the role of what you're doing? Yeah. So it uses the RSS feed kind of technology that blogging was built on. So it's kind of a broadcasting type of thing. And then those directories pull from that, the new episodes. And then magically, the person that uses Apple Podcasts and subscribes to your podcast gets those new episodes and gets a notification. And it makes it really easy to have one place that you go to do the back end and then on the front end the listeners get the podcast episodes so those platforms are obviously very important i mean you need to be listed on all the big ones spotify and apple and so how complicated is that are you going to have to manually connect podbean to each of those platforms or is that sort of handled for you in the uh, podbean app yeah, it, there is some initial setup and we've tried to make it as easy as possible while there is, you know, sort of like, for example, with Apple, there's an approval process it's that you, so you do have to set up an account there and all that. So it takes a, a little bit up front, but we also have a lot of directories that we have a direct, they have APIs, for example, so we have a direct connection with. So in our back end as a podcaster, you have your account and there's a distribution section and under that it covers all the major directories and it says here's the one step or the two steps that you need to do and then we also have a, a more extensive article that goes into uh, every possible thing that's out there but all the major ones are covered directly in the Podbean tools so yeah it takes I would say if you want to get a podcast out there and you have in mind you want it to be out there this weekend you need to think about it a little further in advance because you can't control you know for example how long Apple takes to approve it but the work that it'll go into it'll be fairly fairly minimal and fairly quick to get it set up that's awesome and then presumably people are trying to get on as many platforms as possible to get a, as big an audience but mm -hmm. do you still see things like apple Podcasts being the the biggest platform or are things getting a bit more equal now apple and spotify 
sort of vie for that at the moment. And it depends a lot too on the geography of the listeners because certain countries are more Apple centric and certain are more Android centric. So uh, you'll see some variety in there. So yeah, I think there's definitely, we hit in that account, we hit in the major directories that we definitely encourage you to be a part of. And then the reality is that a lot of smaller apps pull from Apple podcast directory. So once you're in Apple, for example, you get into some of these smaller podcast apps and, and that kind of thing. And then if a listener asks, hey, I use a certain app and I don't see you there, then that's also, you can go in and quickly check what their process is. Awesome. That makes it sound so much easier. And I know when we set up, it was remarkably easy to get listed on a whole range of different platforms. So that was great. To me, though, one of the interesting things I'm seeing in podcasting is the emergence of people trying to do live streaming. So they'll live stream a podcast and then um, make it available on the platforms. Is that something you're seeing as becoming more important? Yeah, we actually started a, an integrated live streaming tool within the Podbean app back in the autumn of 2019. So, which was interesting because then in early 2020, sort of pandemic driven, I guess, or, you know, that, that became, there were a lot of new players, everybody wanted to get into live streaming and stuff. So I guess we were thinking in the right direction. So we, we do see a lot of that. I think especially we see people doing podcasts that have other ideas of what they might want to do, something a little different or an every now and then live stream to connect with their audience. But then also new people getting into podcasting that get in through the live streaming and realize they can repurpose it as an on-demand podcast. So it plays different roles in different podcast situations, but it's definitely becoming more popular, I would say. Interesting. I mean, I've seen a similar thing with uh, people who start live streaming on LinkedIn and then realize that actually that's great content for a podcast. So that, that kind of reflects your um, your view that live streaming isn't necessarily the second step for a podcast. Actually, it could be the intro in that's that's fascinating. Yeah, it goes it goes both ways. Definitely. We see it. So I think it's it's nice if someone's doing an existing podcast and they're thinking about different audience engagement options, then that's uh, one way to go. And then, yeah, a lot of people do a live stream and realize, wait a minute, I have this record. What can I do with this recording? What are other ways I can get it out there? It's perfect for a podcast. Awesome. I mean, I guess the other trend as well we're seeing is is video podcasts. We're currently audio only. Should we be moving to video? It really depends. I, I We do see a lot more video podcasting. I think it, what's interesting is Podbean has had video, the ability to watch video podcasts in our app since the start and have has supported video in a hosting, in the hosting plans as well uh, since, since the beginning. But those were people listening primarily on podcast apps. It's really evolved more to be related to YouTube. So our podcasters have the option to get sort of a static video they can use for YouTube. But those obviously aren't as YouTube doesn't like those as much. They want true video. So some people are moving on to recording the video and using that. And a lot of them, the focus is YouTube. Um, but then they can get it out other places too. So yeah, it's supposedly YouTube is perhaps now the most popular place for people to quote unquote, listen to podcasts or consume podcasts. So it's definitely changing, but it really depends. You know, I personally, as a listener, listen while I'm not in a position to watch videos a lot. So there's still a certain magic to that audio on demand format that we can consume hours while we're out being healthy, taking a walk or something like that. <laughs> That's what a lot of people think of as a podcast. So it's, it, it really kind of depends on your situation and your podcast and your goals. 
So it, it really is a matter of finding out what your listeners want, I think, from what you're saying. Yeah, it probably wouldn't hurt and could give you more exposure to have you know, both of those options out there um, for different people, but also what is the benefit of the video, thinking about that, and the bandwidth. And I don't I mean actual bandwidth, but I also mean your personal bandwidth and the comfort of guests and, you know, what it takes. But I mean, a video obviously takes more bandwidth to both record and get good quality. It's tougher to edit, uh, certainly, and it requires more bandwidth when it's getting played as well. So those are the potential challenges of it. Great. So if you're trying to understand your audience, I guess one of the things people really care about is reporting, knowing whether the podcast is is doing well. I, I mean, what stats do podcasters want to know about their podcast and, and where do they get them from? Yeah, so you get them from your podcast hosting company. So that's another thing that we do and a, a big part of the role. And the statistics in podcasting, I, I won't get into the weeds too much on this, but they're essentially called downloads. Now, this becomes highly confusing because people will say often, and I I read constant discussions in Facebook groups with a lot of misinformation, and they'll say, but everyone tells me they stream, they listen, they don't download it to their phone. So am I, where are they? I'm missing those. How do I know those numbers? But in podcast terminology, and the standards are set by an organization called the IAB, the Interactive Advertising Bureau, we actually are progressively, or someone, when they're listening, is progressively downloading if they're streaming. So there's a standard set for uh, an over a minute's worth of content, and it's, it's kind of a complicated formula, but they're all called downloads. So when you see I, you know, my podcast episode this week got 100 downloads, that can mean the person actually downloaded it or was streaming it and counts as this according to this metric. And then within that, we're able to also share things like the geographies, where those listeners are coming from, what sources. So are they listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all of that? And then at Podbean, we also have a specialized statistic or analytics for our business customers. And a lot of them are actually doing internal podcasting, but that actually shows in-depth statistics of how the listening pattern was. And so in an episode, what people are skipping and all of that on all of the Podbean-based tools, we can't tell that. We don't get that information back from Apple, for example, but they are doing something similar. And I think Spotify also does. So altogether, you could get a really good snapshot of that if you want. And in that particular case too, we potentially have the ability to give individual listener data. Again, with our internal podcast, these companies usually have that permission. Obviously, with data privacy, we can't give that kind of stuff for the general listener. But there's some kind of unique opportunities with statistics coming up. But yeah, the kind of who, how many are listening, the popularity, and then some of that other source kind of data is what is provided and what people are looking for. That makes sense. But obviously, one of the things you're saying is that a download is not necessarily a listen. Is that right? Yeah, if someone listens, it will count as a download. So if they're streaming, it will count as a download. But if someone actually downloads, and I listen, for example, on an airplane later, uh, you don't know, did I listen on the airplane or didn't I? Other than if we we can find that out because we actually have a listening app or if I listen on your site, your Podbean site, we can get more of that kind of information. But generally because of the sort of democratic nature of podcasting where there's all these different ways people listen, uh, then some of that 
kind of what happens from there. We don't have, and, and no one, no podcast host would have that information. So it's fortunately, it's fairly standardized across the industry. So if you're using different podcast hosts, if they follow those standards, you'll get the same kind of information. Okay, so so everybody's equal. It's not quite perfect, but everybody's on a level playing field. Yeah, and right now it's a little difficult. You know, sometimes people say, oh, I want to know who my listener is, some of the demographic kind of stuff. There are some things developing that may be able to, you know, if you think of Nielsen and things with TV, that kind of stuff potentially might move forward with that. But otherwise, right now, because there's a platform and there's the server side that we see versus where people listen, those are things that aren't aren't necessarily available that way perfect makes sense so you mentioned something a little bit earlier and and i'd like to go back to it you talked about internal podcasts for uh, businesses can you explain a little bit more about the difference between a public podcast and then something that's internal to a particular business yeah, it's one of the specialties at Podbean, and because it's internal, no one really knows about it very often. We've done case studies with a lot of the companies that are doing it because we can't share the actual podcast, obviously. So companies often use this for their employees and also membership organizations and that kind of thing. So it can be the same very much as a podcast you would listen to publicly, but the purpose and how it's distributed is a bit different. So we see a lot of them being used for training and leadership development, learning and development in corporations, messages from CEO and leadership, employee stories, these kind of, all of these kind of things. And basically it's uh, produced and created and use the Podbean platform. And then we uh, secure it so that only the permitted users, whether it's members or employees, can get it. And that's either a password kind of situation or a, a connected to the company's own sign-in. So a lot of our companies actually do it that way. And that way it's their own security. And it's also no extra you know, account to make since we all have thousands of accounts nowadays. <laughs> and we have a special app for that called the Pro App, which is actually what com- a lot of companies use. And we can also develop special apps for them. But that's how, how the employees can access it and have a nice podcast user experience but not have to be concerned that it gets to competitors and things like that and presumably as well they can add their own branding and make that that uh, special app their own yeah so we can create white label apps which are completely separate from the podbean name so we have several companies that have those we have one company it's the company name and then on air that's the name of their app and the pro app is what i call a semi white label app so when a person goes in it's obviously it's called podbean pro so that's how they download it from the store but it's already available we do all the development but then as soon as they log in it goes to a company page so it has the logo and, and everything so it's pretty much Podbean name up front. Podbean, you know, handles the lo- the app, but it's you know kind of a white label experience once mm-hmm. they enter. So, uh, yeah, it's really booming. I, we just were at a conference about a week ago, talking with learning and development professionals, and it's something that was very popular. They're all really considering how it can be used. I think that's a fascinating trend, and it's got to be something that's going to grow and grow because. Everybody's got their mobile device. It's a great way to reach people. Looking back at, at sort of the more standard podcasting, I mean, do you see B2B growing in terms of public podcasting, trying to reach customers and prospects? 
Tremendously, tremendously. Yes. I think our, uh, for example, our internal podcasting business, we see it growing, but we found that that side of our business is even more the public, the branded style podcast, the thought leadership. Uh, to, you know, we really see companies starting to, and it's getting to that sort of tipping point, starting to realize it's something that they need, like they used to realize, you know, they knew they needed a website, obviously, then a blog social media. Now there's, okay, we definitely need a podcast and how can we use it best? And so, yeah, and we have a lot of companies have multiple podcasts now for different, different sort of needs. So I think it's, it's got, I, I really believe and my, our CEO has said this a few times that we do think at one point companies will assume that it's something they need just like a blog. And in terms of, of the B2B space, is that different from B2C in terms of attracting listeners and, and growing the audience? Definitely. I think even the largest companies or the most beautifully produced, interesting story, branded story kind of podcasts are going to tend to have a smaller, of course, this is very much a generalization because even individual podcasts some have two listeners. <laughs> so, but generally you're not going to find that you're going to turn into a Joe Rogan or a serial, you know, with millions of downloads because it's, it's more niche and it really has a sort of a different purpose. The purpose is not to get millions of listeners necessarily. So it's really to, there's many different purposes that can be behind it. And that's the most important thing to think about when starting <laughs> with a, for a B2B podcast. I mean, obviously, you really care about a certain sort of listener um, in B2B. It, it's very specific. If you're marketing, for example, motor drives, you care about people who are going to buy motor drives and not about people who have no interest. So yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not just vanity metrics then. Very much. Yeah, the, it, the overall number of listeners is not nearly as important to that. I actually, I think I heard this on a podcast originally and then talked to this person. It was actually a production company that helped people with podcasts. And they had a company that did podcasts and their success metric was actually achieved before they even put the podcast out into the public. And I thought this was fascinating. I said, okay, tell me more about this. They said, because they interviewed thought leaders in their industry. And from that, they got multiple million dollar sales that they couldn't have done otherwise because they asked these people to be on their podcasts and the people had a conversation with them and some of them they couldn't access before through other sort of channels. And that wasn't, they weren't sort of doing that in a shady way. They were really <laughs> intending to put out a podcast, but it ended up having this goal. You know, it was amazing that it achieved more than they ever thought by doing that. So obviously that that is one uh, potential benefit is just the guest interactions that you might have. And then obviously reaching a, that niche customer, sometimes providing really sort of educational uh, thought leadership kind of information where they see you in that way. And also the intimacy of podcasting itself, the voice really can be come across in a way that other forms of marketing don't. Makes a lot of sense. What's the best way to promote podcasts to get more of the listeners you want? How could we, for example, grow our audience with the Napier podcast? I think that especially talking about B2B podcasts, it's important to know who is that audience potentially who are you targeting who's your ideal listener and to think of that and that's kind of echoes from the very beginning of, of starting a podcast because even at what kind of format you choose 
and how long you make it and a lot of those things, you might really base that on that sort of persona and their life and their work situation. And then thinking about where to best market to those people. So a lot of B2B podcasts really, as far as social media, for example, need to focus more on LinkedIn than Twitter or Instagram. So you may have all the social media <laughs> for your podcast, but the ones that I know of the B2B podcast tend to focus on those, on promoting it on LinkedIn and particularly maybe in groups that relate you know, to the industry, making those kind of connections, sort of co-marketing with guests that are big names in an industry, uh, you know, can make a huge difference. And even sometimes some traditional PR is for any podcast can be really helpful. And sometimes it's overlooked because social media kind of, you know, everything gets, there's a lot of it. It gets, can get kind of lost. PR can still be very valuable having an article written about what you're doing with the podcast. And so I think in industry related podcasts, that can be really true because someone reads the magazine or the website of an association and that's where they go to for the information then oh this podcast is related to that topic and it's a more of a fit than just trying to blast everything out there to the general public so i think those kind of things are really key and again guest co-promoting can be very useful and similarly one of the things we see with podcasts in general and it can work for b2b is even just more direct kind of co-promoting on other podcasts so if there are other related in your industry things and it may seem like oh wait a minute a competitor but a lot of times if you're in a specific industry there's probably very little out there if there's two podcasts that's amazing <laughs> you may have to find something that's more ancillary even but then talking to them about whether you can do some shared promotion kind of thing because if i'm really into technology a specific kind of technology and there's one podcast out there i, pr I have space to listen to another one probably so it's not gonna your competition isn't gonna take your listener away most likely that makes a lot of sense. So a, a bit of um, friendly cooperation, even with people who may be somewhat in competition is a good move. Definitely. And I think that another aspect that sometimes it depends again on the podcast and your and your listener, but there is there are also opportunities in in listening apps to promote. And so if you're looking at different, if you're actually looking at advertising and, and spending some money on promotion and marketing, that's something to check because when people are in an app listening, it can, it generally for podcasts, it's a really good place to promote because mm -hmm. they're already ripe for adding another podcast to their subscribe list. So there are some targeted ways you can do that within apps that might fit more to get your kind of B2B listener, but that's another thing to consider. Perfect. I, I've got to ask this. Are there any mistakes people make? Any things you should you should avoid that perhaps if you're new to podcasting or particularly in the B2B sector, things that you can do wrong that aren't going to help your podcast? I think the first thing is thinking about thinking about it at the start. And because I'm saying, oh, a lot of people now they're realizing, oh, we just need to have a podcast. But the mistake with that can be thinking, oh, we just need to have a podcast because it's cool and we don't really think about the, the purpose and the goals. And therefore, we are hoping to achieve something that that is unrealistic. So maybe the someone in the company said, oh, I see our competitors have podcasts. Let's get one. Let's do one. And I see that some podcasts have millions of downloads. That's what we need to achieve. That's your KPI. Achieve that. And that does it. That's not 
a good idea for a B2B podcast generally. And those big numbers aren't necessarily your metric for success. So I think that's very important in setting things up and knowing what your goal is and setting everything up around that. And then I think the other thing is just taking years to do it because you think you have to buy the most expensive equipment and spend a lot of money and that it's complicated. And of course, in some companies, larger companies, that's also because the processes take a long time. <laughs> so some of that you can't help. But if there's if there are ways to simplify it and to get the product to market, I would say that's the way to go because otherwise you'll find yourself years from now saying we had a great idea, but it never came to fruition. <laughs> oh, it makes a lot of sense. That's, that's great. I, I mean, I really appreciate everything you've shared here from the, the technology through to advice in terms of granular. It's, it's been an amazing conversation. Is there anything else we should have covered or anything you think people should know about podcasting? I think uh, to follow on to what I just mentioned, that it can be relatively easy and inexpensive to start. And there's a lot of great equipment and great tools and things you can add on. But I'd say for most, starting relatively simple is very, very feasible with podcasting, more than a lot of other mediums. So that's you can get started and get going. And if you know what your intention is behind it, then you can have a really good quality podcast by putting out good content. And then you can always improve things and upgrade and, and, and move up from there. But if you bring people something that's helpful or interesting to them, then you uh, can succeed with it even without spending a lot of money or time. That's awesome. That's great advice. If people are interested, if they want to learn more, is there a way they, they can contact you to find out more about podcasting or about Podbean in particular? Definitely. Podbean.com. We have lots of ways to contact us there. And I am actually, I, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. So if people use LinkedIn, I'm Shannon Martin Writes, writes like writer, Shannon Martin Writes, and or just look up Shannon Martin Podbean. And I'm very open to talking to people, having conversations. And we have a lot of, we have a million different ways that you can get Podbean information, but rather than listing all those, I'll just say the website. Of course, we have all the social media. And for B2B in particular, we are, we have a pretty good presence on LinkedIn and we even have a group that's specific to corporate podcasting, both for the external and the internal purposes. And that's for people to be able to share their own experiences. So I'm glad to connect you up with that group if you're interested. Oh, that's amazing. I'll definitely be joining the group. I really appreciate all your time and, and all your knowledge. It's been great. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing B2B Tech. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please make sure you subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast application. If you'd like to know more, please visit our website at napierb2b.com or contact me directly on LinkedIn.